How many of you are like me and you got a feeling that your mother will make it to heaven just because she didn't kill you when you were a kid? <laughs> yeah, one more time. Can we give it up for our moms and just say thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Appreciate you so much. Uh, some years ago, uh, I began to realize in ministry early on that there were uh, a couple of themes that seemed to be reoccurring with people that I needed to talk about on a regular basis as a pastor. Um, one of those had to do with relationships. Um, of all the prayer requests that come through, uh, probably the prayer request for relationships is one of those things that we get the most. Um, how to navigate uh, in a marriage, how to deal with the kids, how to handle a situation with someone else. And so every year I try to do at least one series or two that are really targeted at relationships. And what can we learn from God's word that'll help us have the skills that we need and the strength that we need to you know, kind of deal, deal with people. And that's what I'm going to be launching next week. Um, Jordan mentioned this series I'm going to do called Tough Love. And I want you to, do, if you don't mind just taking that card out for a second, I, I want to just kind of walk you through uh, what I'm going to be talking about because some of this will be very pertinent for you. But some of the stuff I'm going to talk about, I know some of you are in relationship with people and these are some of the conversations that are coming up and this could really help them. Next week, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it off by talking about uh, the man in the mirror. I'm going to be talking about something we don't talk about a lot, but we should. And that is how to have a healthy love for ourselves. You know, the scripture says, love your neighbor, how? As you love yourself. And here's what I've discovered. If you don't have a healthy love for you, it's going to interfere in your relationship with God and it's going to interfere in your relationship with other people. So next week, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about what that looks like uh, from a, a biblical perspective. Uh, on the 22nd, I'm going to talk about a love that lets go. And I'm going to touch on this today. But for some of us, we're trying way too hard in a relationship, and honestly, some of the best stuff we can do is draw healthy boundaries and let go. And I know that there are a lot of people who struggle with that. How many of y'all, come on, this is church. How many of you would be honest enough to admit you have some control issues from time to time? Yeah. And others are going, I'm not raising my hand. He's not controlling me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that on that. On the 29th, on Memorial Day weekend, very appropriate, we're going we're to talk about the high cost of love. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, and he lays down his life for his friends. And uh, most of us are not going to get the chance to uh, jump in front of a train for someone we love, but we can learn the art of laying our, our lives down uh, one day at a time. Um, on the 5th, Pastor Salvador is going to be preaching, and he's going to be talking about loving the unlovable. Come on. How many of you have some people in your life, they're challenging to love? Yeah. How many of you brought them with you today? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's just a, it's just a fact. Some, you know, sometimes we have people that just make it hard to love, and we're going to talk about what does Jesus say about that, and how can we learn? June the 12th, I'm so excited, June the 12th. Um, very apropos, I'm going to be talking about love that lasts. June the 12th, I was celebrating, Wanda and I will be celebrating our 46th wedding anniversary that day. So actually, I'm going to have Wanda preach that message. And, and she's going to tell you how difficult I am to live with and how do you hang on there when your husband's impossible. Well, maybe, maybe not. But we're going to talk about love that lasts. How do you have a love relationship that lasts? And then finally on the 19th, on Father's Day, I'm going to talk about love and truth. One of the things I've discovered is that it's hard for many of us to have hard, truthful conversations with people that we love. And yet, uh, Paul says, you know, we need to learn how to speak the truth 
in love. And I want to encourage you. I know that even as I was sharing that, some of you were thinking about someone. You were thinking, boy, I really hope that they're there for that one. I want to encourage you. Take some of these cards. we got more out at the Welcome Center. Invite some people to come, and let's talk about how we can help people develop tough love. Now, I actually want to kind of launch that series with my message today as I'm ending this series on called Miraculous. I want you to pray this prayer out loud after me. Just repeat after me. Lord, we need a miracle in our home. Let's do it again. Lord, we need a miracle in our home. Now, come on, it's just us. How many of you would say, Pastor Steve, that's not just a repeated prayer. That's an honest prayer for me or for someone I know. Can you, can you, can you say amen to that? I, I want to talk about that today. When, when I was working on this series called Miraculous, one, one of the things that I realized is that for a lot of us, you know, when we think about the different miracles that God does, we really don't think about the miracle that God wants to do right here under our roof. But yet, Time and time again, I'm talking with families that that's exactly what they need. They need God to do something profoundly powerful in their lives and in their families. So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, if you want to take your sermon outline out, you can track along with me. I want to look at a, a passage of scripture from Psalm 127.1 and just a, a one verse of scripture just to kind of set the tone for today. And by the way, there are Bibles in front of you in the back of the pews. There are both English and Spanish Bibles. Those are our gift to you. If you would like a Bible to take home, please feel free to do that. Or if you know someone who needs a Bible, please feel free to take one for them. We, we want you to have that. Once you look at the passage, let's read it out loud together, can we? Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord builds the house. Now, I want to say this at the onset of this, of this message today. The greatest gift that you can give to your family is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Because unless Christ is the head of your household, unless Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which you truly are building your home, if you're not trying to model your home after him and inviting his power into your life and into your family, you're missing the one great strength that God can offer you. You know, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus gives this great description of a house that's built on a rock and a house that's built on the sand. And if you remember as a kid growing up in Sunday school, the house that's built on the sand, when the storms come, you know, it falls down. But the house built on the rock, what does it do? It stays firm and it stays strong. And here's what we know. Have you discovered this? The storms will come. The storms will come. And so I want to say this before I talk about anything else. The greatest gift you can give your family is to make sure that you have received Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior and that he is the source of wisdom and strength for your life. Now, I want to talk about this idea of God doing miracles in our families. And so you say, well, Pastor Steve, what kind of miracles are we talking about? Let me give you a few. Could you use a miracle in your house? Let me give you a few. Maybe a miracle of healing. Maybe a miracle of healing. You know, when I think about uh, families in America today, the, the, if I was going to use one word to describe them, it's broken. Our families are broken. Everywhere I turn, there are families who are hurting. And many are in desperate need of healing. 
Uh, some, it's emotional healing. Some, it's relational healing. Some, uh, some of our families are struggling because they're grieving. They've lost people close to them through that whole COVID season, and they're still struggling with the aftermath of that. They need, they need healing there. Some of our families are dealing with someone in life-threatening situations physically, and they truly need a miracle of healing for God to touch a body. Um, I thought of this when, when I was walking this week. Throw that picture up on the screen. This is uh, Jonathan Peasley on our left um, and his wife Lena in the background with their daughter Sarah. Jonathan and, and Lena uh, are part of our missionaries. Jonathan works for Athletes in Action uh, based out of Xenia, Ohio and, and does ministry to campuses and, <coughs> and groups around the, around the country, literally around the world. Just recently, um, their two-year-old daughter Sarah was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And the brain tumor is at the base of her brain, uh, connected to the brain stem. Um, because of that, it is an inoperable tumor. Uh, they did a biopsy. They discovered that they, they can't do anything to it. Um, it's out. It can't do radiation. The only thing that they can do to treat this tumor is chemotherapy. Now, if you can imagine, um, for Jonathan and Lena, uh, this is overwhelming for them and their families. And the, the reality that God has to work here, uh, or this is not going to end well. And uh, we've been in contact with Jonathan and, and, and Lena through email and just in touching base and letting them know that we are praying with them. And we certainly invite you to, to, to pray with them. Uh, Jonathan just sent an email uh, recently, and he was talking about you know, how dire the situation is and how much they need the power of God. And the last sentence of his paragraph, I thought, of, of, his, of his email says it all. He says, this is... By far the most difficult thing either of us have faced in our lives, and we really don't know what to do or what to say. We simply keep asking God for help. And you know what? Look at me. I believe in a God of miracles. I believe in a God who can heal the body as well as the soul, and I know that there are families like Jonathan and Lena's that desperately need a touch from God. Maybe you know a family like that as well. Uh, for some of our families, we need a, a, a miracle of deliverance. We need a miracle of deliverance. Um, I mentioned, I think, a week or two ago when I was at the uh, step study graduation that uh, our group here from our Celebrate Recovery who graduated from the, the step program, I was just so proud thinking about how these individuals have opened their lives to God and, and through this process of being delivered from addictions that have bound them. You know, addictions, you know, right now in our country, they say that over 50% of our families are directly impacted by alcoholism. You know, that doesn't even touch any of the other you know, chemicals and all all the other things that go on with addictions in, in our homes. And, and yet, here's again what I believe. I believe that our God is a deliverer. And I believe that our Lord Jesus Christ has the power to break the chains of addictions. And as I was watching in these lives of these people who are going through the graduation, I said, Lord, these are living testimonies that you can do this. Um, I, I was at a, on a webpage called Pray For Me, uh, Pray With Me. And I think it's based out of, out of Australia, and they were, just every day they have a different thing to pray for. And recently was one on praying for addicted family members. And here, here is a kid praying for his father. And he says, please pray that my father stops drinking completely. He lost his job and he drinks every day and we don't have much money. And what money we do have, he spends on alcohol. 
He was diagnosed with liver disease, and yet he continues to drink. He fights with my mother and us, and he holds a grudge against us for even telling him to stop. It hurts my heart so much. Please pray that the Holy Spirit comes to him and takes away the evil spirits that urge him to drink. May God hear my prayers. And listen to this prayer from a wife praying for her husband. She said, please pray that my husband will stop drinking permanently and get the help he needs. And this last sentence was just so heartbreaking. She said, it is destroying our family. And and I know, I I know that there are some of you, that's going on in your family. You're dealing with some kind of addiction and and it is overwhelming for you. Some of us have have kids or grandkids or or relatives of ours that are dealing with addictions. And we we need a miracle of God's deliverance. And we want to pray for that today. Some of us need a miracle of provision. Anybody ever run into a time where you got uh, more month left than you do money? Uh, and I know that, again, because I'm in touch with a lot of families through the course of the week, I know that we've got families here that are, that are struggling. They're trying to, you know, keep one step ahead of it all. Some are, are battling debts that they've occurred through medical problems or other kinds of issues. Uh, some who, because of the whole COVID, how it shook up the job scene, are looking for jobs to support their family. And, and you know what? They need, they need somehow for God to intervene. And what's so cool, our Lord is Jehovah Jireh, the God who is our provider. And as we pray for miracles today, we want to pray for some of those who are, are needing a prayer, a miracle of provision. Some families need a miracle of transformation. When we talk about miracles, some of us, when we're thinking about family members and thinking about people in our home, we're thinking about some people who really need to change. Um, and God can do that. Um, I remember a few years ago, uh, I had a, a woman who called me. She was so distraught. Her son had been picked up by the police. Uh, He got arrested. He got involved in some things that he shouldn't have been in. And along the way, not only was he convicted, but he was sent to prison for a few years. And this mother was so distraught. And she said, Pastor Steve, would you please pray with me that somehow, some way, God would get a hold of his heart and turn his life around. And, And God was faithful to that. And he came to the Lord while he was in prison. And when he came out, he, he began to just walk a different walk and live a different life. And I, I thought it was so interesting because just a week or two ago uh, on one of my posts, my daily devotional posts, I, I saw that he responded with a, a, a comment that just said, I, I love how God is doing this in my life. And I thought, man, can't you, can't, don't you know what it does for a mother's heart to know where her son was and to know where he is now walking with God, that he's now trying to be the man of God that she dreamed he would be uh, and watch the Lord do a miracle of transformation. And you know what? God still does that stuff. Don't you dare give up on someone who God has not given up on. Amen? You betcha. Let me give you one more. For some of our families, we need a miracle of reconciliation. We need a miracle of reconciliation. I love how Paul describes Jesus Christ in, in Ephesians. He says he is, he is the one who can tear down the dividing walls of hostility. And God can do that. Come on, can we just be honest with each other for a moment here? We've got marriages that are on the rocks. We've got parents and kids who aren't speaking to each other. We, we've got siblings who haven't had contact for years. We've got in our own lives, I I guarantee you, if we were just to to, to truly be honest, some of us would have to admit, man, we've got people in our lives that we care about deeply, but we're at odds with, and and there's this love-hate thing that's going on, and we're not sure how to get past it. Well, this is what we need. We need a miracle. 
We need God to tear down the dividing walls of hostility and reconcile our hearts. Amen. I guarantee you, just walking through those, some of you are thinking about your family. Some of you are thinking about a family you know. Some of you are thinking of your kids. And these are the miracles that we want to pray for today. So how do we do that? What can we do to invite God to do a miracle? Are you ready? I just want to give you three quick thoughts, and I want you to open your heart to it. Let me start with the one that I think may be the most challenging, and that is this. Surrender yourself to God's power and control. Surrender yourself to God's power and control. Now, if you're taking notes, circle that word yourself. <laughs> okay, come on. We're doing group therapy this morning. That okay? We're just going to do group therapy together today. Everybody repeat after me. Maybe it's me. Maybe. Let me say that again. Maybe it's me. Maybe. Have you ever thought about that? Now, what's funny is when I'm walking through this need for miracles, so many of us were thinking about other people, but let me, let me just plant this seed. What if God wants to start with you? What if God needs to start with you? I, I love, I put this statement on your outline. You know, the beginning of, of the miracle in my family begins with letting God do a miracle in me, in me. Now, Again, I know, that, I know that some of you, when you, you, you think about the craziness of your family, man, I'm not crazy like this. And you may not have the disease, but I'm going to tell you, some of us are carriers. <laughs> some of you will get that about 2 o'clock this afternoon. That'll, that'll, that'll slip in. And what I mean by that is some of us have investment and issues in this that we're not really aware of and we need to be aware of. And we need to start this whole process by saying, God, is there something in me that you need to do for this miracle to happen? I love what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. Read it out loud with me. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I'm going to repeat that one, that one sentence there. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Just a question, but is that really going on for you? Do you really wake up every day saying, Lord, I, I can't do what needs to be done in my life. I can't be what I know I need to be. I can't achieve what needs to be achieved. I can't do any of this. I need you to live through me. What if that's where God wants to begin? Um, there was a, a, a young girl, uh, early 20s, wrote this blog. I just thought it was so fascinating because the wisdom that she had. She was talking about her family and uh, she was just talking about for, for years as she was growing up, she said, there was always this strife between me and my family. And she said, I, I just, there was always this drama going on. There was all this stuff that was going on. And, and she said, I found myself, as I was growing older, she goes, I found myself just wanting to be away from my family. And she goes, and even though I was living at home, I, I, I just tried not to be around them, and I tried to separate myself more and more. <coughs> and then she said, one day, she goes, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm praying, and she goes, and while I was praying, she said, I heard God speak to me. And he, she said, here's what God said. God said, why are you fighting with your family and not fighting for your family? 
And she said, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And she said, I realized that I spent an awful lot of time praying for God to change my family members and not really asking God to work in me and help me be what I needed to be for them. And she said, so then I, I began to pray. And I just began to say, Lord, what is it you want to do? And, and all of a sudden, she said, it was like God began to show me that, you know, I wasn't very nice to my family. I, I was always barking at them. I was always reacting to them. And she said, when I, when I looked at it, she goes, I, I realized, she goes, I was just ashamed of myself because I realized in spite of what they were doing, she goes, I wasn't acting like a daughter of God at all. And she said, so I asked God, Lord, help me to be kinder. Help me to be gentler. Help me to have a better attitude with my family. She said, so I did. And she said, I started treating my family members nicer. She goes, I tried to be more encouraging. I, I, I tried to lift them up instead of tear them down. And she said, and something incredible happened. They started being nicer to me. And she said, I, I began, she goes, it was like this cloud lifted from my family. And she goes, instead of wanting to always be away from them, I found myself more and more enjoying being with them. And she said, and it hit me all along. What God wanted to do wasn't in them. It was in me. In fact, I loved in this blog, she said, you know, I, I really believe that God worked in such a way in that. She goes, because my younger sister, who really didn't want anything to do with God, as she watched what was going on with me, started asking me questions, and it led me to be able to lead my sister to the Lord. I, I love, there's a, a old evangelist by the name of Gypsy Smith, about 100 years ago, he was, had this incredible ministry of preaching and what he did. I, I love what he says about if you really want a revival, how it should happen. Throw that up on the screen for me. He said, go home, lock yourself in your room, kneel down in the middle of the floor, and with a piece of chalk, draw a circle around yourself, and there on your knees, pray fervently and brokenly that God would start a revival within that chalk circle. Now, here's what I challenge you to do. Go home, lock yourself in a room, get down on the floor, draw a circle with chalk around yourself, and here's what you do. Lord, do a miracle in my family and start that miracle right here in this circle. Because that's where the miracle begins. Amen? Amen. Let me give you a second part of this. And that is surrender your family to God for the work that only he can do. Surrender your family to God for the work that only he can do. Now, I say this because so many of us, we want to fix our family. How many of you have made the hard discovery you can't fix anyone? Have you made that yet? Along the way, you will. Because you can't change anyone. Who's the only person you can change? Yourself. Yeah, and so as we're dealing with our family, one of the things, again, not that we can't be encouraging, not that we can't guide, not that we can't do some of those things, but some of us work way too hard. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes we get in the way of what God wants to do. I had a woman call me not long ago talking about uh, a relationship issue between uh, with her, her and her husband, between them and their, their son and his family and and as she was talking about all the things that they had done and all the things that they were trying, they, the family wouldn't speak to them, they, wouldn't, they didn't want to be around them, and all, all the stuff that was going on, and she was really at her wit's end, and it was like, what, what do I need to do to make this happen? 
And I said, you need to let him go. Because here's the deal. People don't change until God brings them to a place of change. And sometimes what you're doing isn't drawing them to you or to God. Sometimes you're working so hard trying to fix it, you're only driving them further away. Does that make sense to you? I mean, sometimes, honestly, the best thing we can do is saying, you know what, God, I can't do this. I give them to you. Um, I put on your outline, some of us need to put this up on our refrigerator. It says, when we try to do the hard work that only God can do, we make tough situations bad. We make bad situations worse, and we make horrible situations impossible. Some of us have a PhD in that. I love in Mark chapter 5, verse 4, it's really interesting, the story of Jesus and his disciples when they, they come upon this demoniac um, who was out of control. And I, w- I just want you to look at him. Look at what it says. It says, whenever he was put in chains and shackles, as o- he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and he smashed the shackles. Read it out loud with me. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And when I was reading that, one of the thoughts I have is sometimes that's what we try to do in relationships. We see people's behavior and we decide we're going to control them. And so we try to put these chains or shackles on them. We try to, we try to do this. We, we try to put all of these things in place to make them do what they don't want to do. And you find you discover you can't because they're going to break those shackles anyway. The only thing you can do, Jesus was the only one who could drive the demons out of that man. And sometimes he's the only one who can do it for the person in your life that needs that miracle. I love in Mark chapter 9, Jesus tried to say this when the disciples couldn't heal a young boy who needed healing. Look at what it says. Jesus answered, read it out loud with me. That kind of spirit can only be forced out by, by what? Sometimes prayer is the only device you have for the people in your life who need a miracle. But that is a powerful device. James 5 says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Look at me. Please don't miss this. Never underestimate the power of what can happen when you take your hands off so God can put his hands on. Amen? Let me give you one last thing. As God guides you, do your part in the miracle. As God guides you, do your part in the miracle. Now, here's why I thought about that. I, I thought about so often God shows up and he does his thing, but then we don't follow through with our part in it. In other words, I thought about this when we're praying to change, God changed me. I said, you know what? God, God can forgive you, but you have to be willing to change. In other words, sometimes, come on, it's just us. we got to be honest. Sometimes we dearly don't want God to change us. We just want God to get us through the crisis. And when we get through the crisis, then we go right back to the same behavior again and again and again. Uh, You know, uh, uh, I I was reading about a a guy uh, in New Jersey who um, was waiting on a train, and he stuck his head out to watch for the train to come, and it was coming, and it smacked him in the head end up putting him in the hospital. The crazy thing was one year before he had done the exact same thing. 
And it's like, at some point, you know what? You got to stop putting your head out there watching for the train. And sometimes when we're wanting God to work and change, sometimes we got to partner with God. And when God brings us to that place and he forgives us, and when God gives us a second chance, make the most of it. Secondly, God can provide resources, but you got to manage differently. You know, one of the interesting uh, studies is what they've done with people who have won the lottery. And for most people, they've discovered that after they win the lottery, it's not long before they're right back as poor as they used to be. Because no amount of money is enough money if you don't manage your money properly. Does that make sense to you? Same thing. Lastly, and this is really hard, God can open the door from reconciliation, but you have to forgive. You have to forgive. Now, I want you to look at me and I want you to hear my heart. I am not in any way going to minimize the problems that go on between husbands and wives, between parents and kids, or between siblings. And sometimes there is a lot of pain and a lot of scar tissue to overcome. And forgiveness is not just a moment in time. Forgiveness is a journey and a process. And here's all I want to say to you. Sometimes we're praying for God to fix this person in our life. And sometimes God breaks their heart and brings them to a place of, of brokenness where they're willing and ready to re-engage in a relationship. But that means we have to be willing to engage in that journey as well. And we have to be willing to learn how to forgive. Amen. I believe that we serve a God of miracles. Do you? Do you believe that God can do miracles in our families? Pastor Salvador does. Last week in, in staff, we're, um, staff, we're going through a, a, a book together on spiritual leadership. And in the book, the author is talking about how trauma and crises in your life can actually be used by God to define you and shape you into who you are as a leader. And as we were sharing as a staff about what are, what are some defining moments we've had or what are some crises that we've been through and how has God used trauma in our life to help us? Pastor Salvador was sharing about growing up in Mexico and having a mother who was an alcoholic. And just growing up in the chaos of, of a home like that was overwhelming for him as a young boy. And Salvador talked to me, he said, you know, one day he said, I, I, I cried out to God. And I said, God, if you will deliver my mother from her alcoholism, if you will deliver her from the tobacco and the alcohol, he said, if you will do that, I will serve you all of my life. Well, God did. Salvador shared that miraculously, wondrously, God broke through to his mother and instantaneously, literally, delivered her from the alcohol, delivered her from her craving for tobacco, helped her become a woman of God. And this young boy who was growing up wondering whether or not there really is a God and what God can do experienced a miracle in his own family and that's why he is a pastor here today. And if God can do that for Salvador's family, he can do a miracle for you. I've asked um, Rachel to sing a song for us today. That's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful, 
song, fairly new release, that says, in Jesus' name. And I love this song because it speaks of the healing that God can do, and the deliverance that God can do, and the miracles that God can do when we come to him in Jesus' name. And today, I want to pray for a miracle in families. And I'm going to step down here just a little bit to be a little bit closer, but here's what I want to do today. If you need a miracle in your family, for whatever it might be, or if you have someone in your life, they need a miracle in their life, they need a miracle in their family, I want to invite you while we're singing this song, I want to invite you to just slip out and come, and I just want to invite you to stand right here. It may be for a miracle of reconciliation. It may be for a miracle of deliverance. It may be for a miracle of transformation. It may be you have a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter or a grandson or granddaughter that's a long way from God and you want to ask God to intervene. I don't know what miracle you might need, but here's what I know. We serve a God of miracles. And here's what I want to do. While she sings this song, we can just gather. And when she's done, I'm just going to pray a prayer of blessing over you. And I'm going to ask God's Holy Spirit to fall upon our families with the power to do miracles in our home. If you'd like to join us for that, you feel free. Slip out and come while she sings. Why don't we stand together? Today that we live in a culture that seems to do everything it can to tear families apart. We know that the evil one is at work and that there are so many forces that are against us. But God, we declare today that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We come to you today, Lord, not on our own behalf, not because we deserve your blessing. We come to you, Lord, because we have come to depend on our Lord Jesus Christ as our redeemer and our deliverer and our healer. And Father, I pray in that powerful name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would fall upon us. Lord, our families need healing. Our families need deliverance. Our families need provision. Our families need reconciliation. Our families need transformation. Lord, our families need things that only you can do and gifts that only you can give. Father, you see every family represented here today. You know every heart. You know the cry that they are sending out to you right now. You know exactly where they are. And my prayer, Father, is that you would wrap them in your arms of grace and power, that you would begin your miracle right here and right now. Lord, we open our hearts to you. Sometimes we know that miracle needs to begin in us. So, Father, we open our lives for you. Do something in us. Come into us. Live through us. Shine out from us. Let your spirit touch our families because you fill us to overflowing. Lord, today we give you our homes. May they be built upon the solid rock of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. In his name we ask. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.